Welcome to the Money Wise Women Show, brought to you by MoneyMorphosis.com. Are you ready to be inspired to upgrade your financial skills? Listen to feminine leaders sharing practical advice and valuable insights. Shift your money mindset, improve communication skills, and learn financial management tips. Although we do not provide investment advice, you can check out MoneyMorphosis.com. That's money com to find simple ways to boost your true wealth. Welcome. I'm Crystal Arnold, your hostess of Money Wise Women and founder of Money Morphosis. I've been wondering lately, what will it take to bring greater integrity into our economy? into our businesses and personal relationships and why that is so important in today's world where there is so much overwhelming uh, fake news and uh, just a lot of hidden agendas and uh, especially around money and who has power over who and how are, you know, corporations, organizations, nations uh, benefiting from withholding information from the public? And what are the consequences of this kind of secrecy and, uh, and personal shame that keeps people from sharing the truth because of their fears of, of being exposed? And it's a fascinating time to be alive, to be um, entrepreneurs and leaders in our own ways and uh, be willing to have uh, authentic conversations, especially about money, because we really need to uh, bring greater integrity into the economy and politics and our communities and the way that we uh, can navigate changes together and really cooperate and collaborate from a more intimate uh, place of trust and and uh, true leadership. And um, I've also been imagining what is it like for, for teenagers and uh, young adults now, you know, uh, coming into such a radically quickly changing world. And so I am so excited to have our guest uh, on today who works with millennials and and the youth um, to really uh, have greater emotional intelligence and leadership capacities. Um, So excited to introduce all of you to Katie Gage. She is the founder and lead coach of KG Coaching, where she empowers leaders to be the best version of themselves. So for almost a decade, she's worked to support entrepreneurs, executive, um, aspiring entrepreneurs, and career professionals to achieve their goals by honing and developing new skill sets through the interactive training programs, workshop, mentorship, and coaching that she offers. 
So before she started her own practice, she was director of programming at Institute, the first national apprentice program for millennials in entrepreneurship. And she created opportunities for the young untapped talent to access innovative and creative careers by matching them with mentors and developing uh, training programs for them. And before that, she was at Springboard Enterprises, an accelerator program for women entrepreneurs, where she created training and development programs and work intimately with over 60 women-led tech companies to help them tell their stories, access and build relationships with key people and expand their business. And she also managed community engagement of over 1,500 investors, corporate partners, and innovators to continuously provide high-level access to um, resources and other entrepreneurs. So she has had experience both here uh, with her bachelor's in corporate communication and public affairs, and then also when she worked in Chile for two years. And she's uh, facilitated hundreds of workshops and uh, worked with uh, many, many, over 100 professionals to um, advance their careers. So, so excited to bring her wisdom here onto the show today. And to begin, Katie, I would love to hear you share, you know, what you find most exciting about the, the, the work that you do. Hi there, Crystal. Thank you so much for that introduction. And I have to say that I'm so excited to be here talking to you today. I love the opportunity to talk to a like-minded person uh, about the work that we do. And I think what you're doing with this podcast and your work is really beautiful and incredible and so needed. So thank you so much for inviting me to be here today. And I'm really looking forward to the conversation that we'll have. Um, what is most exciting about the work that I do? That's a great question, and I love that you frame it that way because as an entrepreneur, um, we have to be excited about the work we're doing or what's the point, right? <laughs> There's so, um, there are so many kind of things that go into entrepreneurship and working for yourself and building a business that if we're not doing what we love, then, you know, it really <clears throat> um, – you know, what's the point in that? So I love that you frame it that way, and, and I'm happy to share. Um, you know, as you said, I'm a coach, and I work with individuals and organizations. And to me, coaching is all about supporting individuals to be the best ver versions of themselves. And, um, you know, there are so many different ways to do that. There are so many tools that we as coaches use, Um different philosophies, and often just that um, peer accountability and having someone to help you um, achieve your goals and hold you accountable and um, check in with you on the things that you said that you've committed to. Um, I, I came into coaching, I work with a coach myself, and I always say that it's really the most valuable experience that um, that I've had is working with my coach and um, such a valuable investment of my time. Um, she has helped me not only to build my company, but to work through a lot of the things in my personal life that were holding me back and to help me celebrate when I have real successes that often I kind of forget 
<clears throat> to take a step back and celebrate when I have those wins and I, and I do achieve something that I'm um, setting out to do. So um, coaching is a beautiful uh, profession and, um, and, I, and I love every minute of it and really seeing those moments of clients where they learn something about themselves, they discover something, they fulfill a commitment they've made to themselves, they achieve something greater than maybe they even thought that they could when they really set intentions and do the work of self-discovery. Um, it's a beautiful thing. So I love, I love that. It's very exciting. Mm. Yes, it is so powerful to uh, reach out and ask for the support we need as entrepreneurs. And we're really wired, especially as women, to get emotional support and and really be able to be vulnerable and you know see that you know success can be messy and it's really important <laughs> to uh, to be able to so messy you know. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> so i i just uh, really agree with you there at that importance of of sharing our struggles and and our successes with other women um I also think it's, you know, it's funny. I sometimes I can, working with a coach to getting a personal trainer, um, you know, we all know what we, we know a lot about what we need to do to be healthy, right? We know we need to exercise and eat healthy and that's the way to lose weight and take care of ourselves and yet many of us don't do that and um, so we work with the trainer to help give us more tools and hold us accountable and show up with us and support us in that commitment. And I think working with a coach is exactly the same. You know, we oftentimes we know intuitively what we could do or or want to do, um, and we need just a little bit of extra support in that. So I think that's why it can be so beautiful. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. So... You also work with a lot of leaders, and um, I would love to hear some of, you know, some of the qualities of feminine leadership that you see um, as as really important. And I want to emphasize for people that, of course, these qualities can show up in in both men and women, and we need a balance of of both feminine and masculine leadership qualities. Um, but I'm uh, curious what you have to say about effective leadership. Oh, wow, effective leadership. Well, to your point about feminine leadership qualities, I sometimes sort of cringe when I hear that concept being thrown around, and I'm so glad you made the caveat that they do show up in both men and women. I, I almost don't like the genderization of the leadership qualities and also realize that it's a, um, a useful structure and, and way to talk about leadership. And, you know, the reality is that, like you said, we all have the capacity to have leadership qualities that are considered, you know, by many to be feminine. And I think our society has really um, forced us to be a certain way. You see these leadership qualities that are you know, consider more masculine that are about competition and and conquering and it's a zero-sum game and there are winners and losers and it's all about, um, you know, 
grinding and going until you burn out and keep on, keeping on going. And there's a lot of suffering in that. And I think, you know, these qualities that we have deemed and turned as more feminine leadership qualities are more about compassion and empathy and communication and collaboration and bringing everyone along with us and, um, you know, building these communities of support and working as teams and valuing the relationship and the health and well-being of the people involved, maybe even over the, you know, the win of success as we define it. So, um, so yeah, I mean, we were seeing the, the, um, we're seeing it all play out on a on a public global stage right now in politics and in our world. What what happens when um, we don't lead with empathy and humility and collaboration? And what happens when we lead with you know wanting to win and being driven by our egos and the way we're perceived by others? So um, so yeah. Hmm. Yes, I I love your. You know, I, I found so fascinating your background in uh, emotional intelligence and, um, you know, would love to hear what, you know, why you feel emotional intelligence is so important, you know, both for leadership and then how does it impact people's ability to prosper? <clears throat> That's a great question. Emotional intelligence, for those of you who are not familiar, also called EQ, emotional quotient. Um, and there's been a lot of research coming out in the last several years about how critically important it is um, to not just have IQ and have um, intellect and intelligence, um, but also have emotional capacity. And I think it's all about self-awareness and having greater um, understanding of your behaviors and why you think a certain way and what your paradigms are and um, taking ownership of your life. Um, you know, we talk a lot about creating your own reality and when you start to study and dive into this realm of emotional intelligence, you um, realize that life is a choice. Everything is a choice. And um, how you show up in the world, how you react to something, the way that you frame a situation, whether or not you see yourself, um, you know, as the person who's being done to. <laughs> um, and so, so it's so, so important to have that awareness. And um, I think leaders not only can benefit from understanding themselves and also holding themselves accountable to, to what they um, believe to be true and right and the values that, that they espouse and, um, so emotional intelligence gives you that opportunity to not only understand yourself and have greater self-awareness and sort of that freedom of knowing that absolutely everything is a choice um, and also gives you the tools to, to hold yourself in accountability and integrity to the life that you have said that you want to live and to the intentions that you that you have for your life. And mm. I think... You know, in terms of leadership and and um, and your life, it's it really is a a way to help people have better relationships with themselves and others, and 
um, be more relational, uh, be in relation with people in your life, your team, your uh, romantic partner, your children, your parents, your, um, your neighbors. Um, and I think we, we desperately need, uh, we need to focus on having better relationships with each other because we're seeing a big divide in our world where it's really easy to point to the other and say, you know, you're wrong and I can never identify with anything with you and we're different and we're, you know, we're, we're opposites now. And then, um, and then you have a real problem and we're seeing that play out. Mm. Absolutely. I totally agree. It's like this skill, these skills of communication and understanding should really be taught early on in school and focused on as much as the rational, linear reading and writing. You know, we need to know how to get along with one another. And uh, and I can see, too, you know, how this influences people's um, relationship with uh, other people regarding money because it's so taboo to talk about. People get flustered and emotionally triggered when they're trying to talk to family about money issues or their intimate partner or even when they're trying to make a a pitch in their business and actually, you know, kind of land the sale, uh, so to speak. So um, is there anything you'd like to share about how, like, emotional intelligence can help us have better money conversations as well? Oh, that's an interesting question. Um, money conversations are are tough. You know, I think one of the things I end up um, thinking a lot about, and and I think coaching is a lot around encouraging people to face their fears and do things that they're either afraid of or that are hard or difficult. And um, and so money conversations can be hard and difficult. <laughs> they can be challenging. Challenging is a better word. And a lot of people are afraid to talk about money. And there's a lot of reasons for that because, you know, when, when we talk about, say, negotiations specifically, you know, there's always a chance that um, we'll be rejected, that what we come out and say, um, you know, we'll get told no, and that, that can be painful. And, you know, I think money in general is one of the ways that we use to place value and worth on not only goods and services, but ourselves. Um, When we're going out, for example, and asking for a salary, we've assigned a monetary value to to our our worth and our work. And, um, And that's very emotional for a lot of people. I I work with a lot of clients on negotiation coaching specifically and preparing to have those really um, challenging and sometimes delicate conversations with future employers or bosses and performance reviews or clients if you're an entrepreneur um, about money. And I have heard so many uh, people, clients that I've worked with say, you know, when I when I get ready to say that number out loud, it makes me feel physically nauseous. <laughs> and I and I and I, you know, I want to and I automatically 
because it feels so uncomfortable and it's so outside my comfort zone, I'll just cut down the number until I feel comfortable and safe again. And so we, we see a lot of this play out where we're, you know, we know that we want something and um, we're not really asking for it because it's so outside of our comfort zone that it's really, um, you know, emotional and makes us <laughs> makes us feel sometimes nauseous even. Um, I laugh, but it's, I mean, it's so true. Oh yeah, I've I've heard that too, and and I think it keeps a lot of women um, in this cycle of under earning and you know doubting their own self worth, and then that lack of confidence like comes through, and their nervousness, and so it's like this cycle that until we do the inner work to to really claim our self confidence. And then, like, practice in, in small ways where it's not like, you know, the huge negotiation for, you know, the raise of your dream job, um, but you're actually just, you know, convincing your husband to take the trash out or, like, different ways we can <laughs> kind of negotiate yeah. uh, and, and get some practice with it. Um, yeah. I call that advocating for yourself. So, you know, there are so many opportunities in our lives where we can advocate for ourselves and ask for what we need and be honest and set the boundaries that we um, want to set. And um, and you're right, there are small, small things and then there are those bigger ones and they, they all require practice. And the more you do of the smaller ones, the easier it gets over time to to be your own you know, best friend and cheerleader. It's so mm-hmm. funny because I think we as women are so, so quick to advocate for our friends and the people that we love and, you know, praise people and praise each other. And um, and we often leave out of the equation. Um, and it takes mm-hmm. practice. It It's not natural. Right, especially in our culture where it's taboo to talk about money and especially for women, you know, these messages of like we want to be liked is the most important thing and, you know, to put our needs last and all these kind of ways we're enculturated to to play it small really and uh, kind of hide our potential. Yeah. Uh, Let's see. What would you, would you like to share about um, some of the biggest struggles that you see um, for women entrepreneurs? Oh my gosh, yes. Where do I begin? Um, Women entrepreneurs, entrepreneurship in general is challenging and it is incredibly rewarding and it is full of opportunities for growth and development and learning about yourself and um, building self-efficacy and self-confidence and belief in yourself. And so it is a beautiful journey, and um, it can be a real struggle. I mean, I joke, jokingly say this, but it's true. I think, you know, you've all probably seen that graph where it talks about the entrepreneur cycle and it's like this is amazing oh my gosh this is the best thing ever and then the the line goes down and it says "Uh oh this is really bad oh my gosh why am I doing this I need to get a job and you know it's this like cycle a wave of um, you know, highs and lows, and people often talk about it as a roller coaster and you know I, I joke with my friends um, 
today I'm having my, you know, twice weekly entrepreneur freak out where <laughs> everything everything just feels like it's crashing down and oh my gosh, how you know, how will I ever um achieve what I'm trying to achieve and was I wrong to start this whole thing to begin with and then inevitably something happens and you get to, you know, ask the thank the universe for for um the blessings in your life and for for accomplishments and and achieving um, beautiful things. So it is a roller coaster, and I'm sure anyone listening who is an entrepreneur can fully relate to that. Um, and I think you know I've worked with many women entrepreneurs, as you know, at Springboard, and and also in my current um, role as a coach and a community leader. I um, I'm an ambassador for an organization called Sandbox, which is a global entrepreneurs group. And um, so I lead, co-lead the local community here in D.C. And, um, you know, I think community is critically important to entrepreneurial success. And, um, you know, specifically for women entrepreneurs and, and men as well, we need places where we can be vulnerable and we can talk about the struggles that we're having and we can be real and talk about our fears and our failures and um, and see that other people are going through those same things. And, you know, you, you may not go into an investor meeting and say, like, I don't know what I'm doing and I'm freaking out because you want – there's an appearance that you sometimes need to uphold that you do – know what you're doing so that someone will invest in you. You may not call your client and have a complete meltdown on the phone with them, but you do need a place to do that. We all need a place to do that. And so I think that community element of entrepreneurship cannot be undervalued and underappreciated. It's so, so critical for us to have um, those people that we can just share, you know, this is what I'm going through. This is what I went through today. Or this is, how I felt when, you know, a huge project that I was working on just epically crashed and burned. And I didn't know if I could go on. And um, and then I did. And I think we just need to be able to talk about those those places or talk about those things that, that are a challenge for us. Mm-hmm. Um, the other thing I would say <laughs> is that, you know, when I worked at um, – at Springboard and ran the accelerator program, we spent a lot of time working with entrepreneurs on pitching themselves and talking about um, why they are doing this work and why they are a great person to be doing this work and what they bring to the table that's unique and valuable um, to their company. And, um, and that's important. I think being able to tell your story in the most compelling way and and also to believe in yourself that you are um, this person that you're out there promoting, um, that can be really challenging and um, it's also really necessary. Um, and, and so that's one that I see a lot of entrepreneurs, a lot of women entrepreneurs struggle with that um, – putting themselves out in the forefront of an organization to say, I'm leading this company and here's why. Um, And this is why you should trust me or go on this journey with me or invest in me or be my client. Um, That can be really tough and, like I said, super necessary. Mm. Right. That confidence to be able to reveal our unique gifts 
us and share our genius <laughs> and it's, it takes a lot of courage, yes. doesn't it? We have, it does. And we have such beauty. I love the word gifts because we all have been given such beautiful gifts to share with the world. And we have these, these blockages in place, self doubt and, you know, um, um, not believing in ourselves and um, imposter syndrome and all these things that are keeping us from sharing those beautiful things with the world. And, um, you know, my coach has helped me too because I've experienced, you know, I'm no expert here. I've, I've gone through all of these things myself and I'm still in the midst of it all. Um, and I think, you know, that's why I love helping other people in these same situations because we coach what we most need ourselves. And, um, and so, you know, my coaches help me reframe uh, even client conversations as um, to remember this is something that I'm offering as a gift and I'm bringing something into the world that was, you know, that, that I have to offer. And, um, and, I, and I love that framing of, of our work. Mm. Yes, uh, to really look at our assets and all the the ways that we contribute and, you know, uh, a lot of that is, is often unpaid, you know, so people don't value it as much if it doesn't have mm. a price tag. And so it's like all the mm. things I've learned from being a mother, for example, and all the relationships yeah. that we tend to that we don't charge our friend for just showing up and helping and all these, you know, valuable ways that we contribute that aren't always measured by money, but are so important. Yeah. yeah. And it's all part of our story. And we, you know, and, and sometimes we forget all the beautiful growth and expertise and beauty that we have to offer. Um, mm. So, so Yeah. Right, and just like embracing our human imperfections, like we are all a work in progress. It doesn't need to be perfect. I remember last year I was launching my course around money mindset and got a bank fee, and I was like, oh, my God, how is this? You know, it's just like I'm still working on this. I don't need to be perfect to bring my work into the world. And at that moment, I was able to make a choice of self-compassion instead of, mm. um, you know, I used to spiral more into that, you know, criticizing myself and just learning how to be more gentle and kind with our self-talk yes. and, and have that compassion is so crucial. Absolutely. I love that you said that because that is something Ooh, I think about that a lot. I mean, we we all know the importance of forgiveness and grace. And, you know, if your best friend, if, if my best friend comes to me and says, you know, I did this thing and it, I failed and it was crappy and, you know, um, and I'm feeling down about it, we would give them the most love and encouragement and build them up um, because that's that's what we do. And we often forget to be our own best friend and to do that for ourselves. And um, it's so critically important on this journey to learn to give ourselves forgiveness and grace and self-love. And especially when you're out on your own, working on your own, and you sometimes, 
you know, you're the only person you interact with in a day's time. <laughs> and so, um, you know, you got to be, you want to be that colleague for yourself that is the encouraging positive one that makes you smile when you <laughs> show up to the office, you know. So I love that you talk about that. Right, right. It's like how to tend to um, our inner child, you know, my, my kids are still young. And so the way that I encourage them and they're going to make mistakes and how to stay, you know, really calm and, and just uh, see through their challenging behavior and really, you know, learn to speak to myself in that way when I go through challenging experiences. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And back to your point about, you know, having a bank fee and being down on yourself, that that's happened to me as recently as last week. And <laughs> I've been joking cuz you know, tax season just passed and um I sat in in a chair at my dining room table, this old beautiful wooden chair with some pretty rungs in the back and you know, doing my taxes for the first time as an entrepreneur and just the complications and stress and craziness that came with that process. And I moved around so much that I broke every single wooden rung off the back of my chair. And, I, you know, I still have that chair because that's like a survivor of my <laughs> 2016 tax voyage. Um, but, you know, it's it's real. It's, it's there's always money stuff that comes up and we don't talk about it a lot and and um you know we're out sort of trying to figure it out for ourselves and it's crazy making and stressful and that's okay and so you know I love what you do because I think like I said in the beginning so needed a place for people to just share um money have money conversations and um not just about you know what are the tips and tricks to manage your money? But what are the emotions that are tied to them? And what are people, other people going through? And mm-hmm. how do we um, support ourselves in that journey and support each other? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Such a great image there of you in the chair. <laughs> it's the number one stress. Really? It really is for people. I mean, I've done studies on this it drives people to divorce it causes all kinds of mm-hmm. money and so the way that we can courageously work through that because we're going to need to uh you know work with money throughout our lives so it's just uh you know and this, yeah. this really goes back to also the importance of community and connection and as you were sharing um that being a really important part of entrepreneurship i um just saw the alchemy that can happen in a group when we share our struggles we can turn lead into gold and really Mm. get these gifts that we can then offer say to our clients or just realize oh this is actually showing me something about myself about my gifts about how I can grow and actually when we kind of just avoid or numb ourselves out to the struggles and the painful things, then we just kind of get bogged down and don't really make, uh, don't really allow that growth 
that wants to happen to happen. So I see whether it's with a, a mentor, a coach, or a, a group that we're able to kind of harvest what um, wisdom can come through any challenge. Mm, absolutely. Absolutely. And the the again, back to relationships, the wisdom that you can gain by just being honest and vulnerable in relationship with people is immense. And I, there's no way I would be where I am today without the support of, you know, the hundreds of people who have supported me in some way through my journey. And I'm so grateful to have access to those people and those systems and those communities. And, um, yeah, they're, they're such a beautiful and critical piece of my life. Mm. So let's, uh, let's take a short break here, and then when we come back, I'd love to hear some more about the unique challenges that the younger generations and millennials um, because you do work a lot with those populations and, you know, we're both in our 30s and um, I think there's some really unique uh, perspectives to be gained about how the youth are kind of adapting to uh, such a changing world and, and marketplace. So we'll dive into that in just a moment. Maybe you are like one young mother and entrepreneur named Marie. She was never taught the basics of managing her money. She finally got some training through www.discoveryourtruewealth.com to manage her finances. Marie's cake bakery was expanding, yet she was embarrassed about her financial ignorance. She was discouraged, and every late fee felt like a punch in the gut. Once she learned basic bookkeeping techniques, she was able to prioritize her expenses and pay off her debt more quickly. Marie easily trimmed $200 off her expenses in the first month of taking the training. Like Marie, you can have your cake and eat it too. Visit www.discoveryourtruewealth.com to register for free video training to eliminate some of the money leaks in your life. You will get a greater sense of clarity and confidence. It's Crystal Arnold back here with our guest, Katie Gage, having a very um, insightful conversation around uh, the realities of being, um, you know, women entrepreneurs. And uh, Katie works a lot with um, some of the youth and millennials and uh, you know, I see incredible potential and gifts in the young people I've connected with, and then also some unique uh, challenges and stress and anxiety uh, right now. So I'd love to hear from you uh, some about, you know, maybe some of the biggest struggles and entrepreneurs or uh, struggles and opportunities that you see um, for young leaders. Oh, absolutely. Um, yeah, I mean, gosh, we're millennials, and I think there's millennials as a buzzword, and um, there's argument on whether or not it's the appropriate way to define generations and what does that even mean, and yet 
there are some things that we uniquely struggle with. And, um, you know, we're in our 30s and we're managers now and we're running companies and we're leaders. And, um, and so we're a generation that's really driving a lot of the economy and a lot of the um, new technology coming out. And, um, and it's an exciting time. And we also have some unique challenges. I mean, a lot of us, uh, graduated from college in the midst of a huge economic recession, and we sort of had been told most of our lives that you go into college and you pick a major, and that's going to be your career, and you gra- you graduate, and that first job is so critically important, and um, you know it, it kind of sets your career trajectory on this path. And our parent generation, and even our college advisors, taught us that that was sort of the way forward. And, you know, our older generations had 401ks and matching, you know, retirement funds and pensions even, and some of them were in their same career for 30, 40 years. And and the reality is we just don't, that's not our, that's not our situation anymore. That's not the way that it works. And so I think we're in the midst of trying to navigate this um, this crazy new world um, that we're in. And, you know, there's statistics coming out of um, the Bureau of Labor Statistics, I think a couple years ago, said that um, the average worker holds 10 different jobs before the age of 40, and that's going to that's projected to grow. And so no longer are we in this, you know, we'll be in a career for our entire life. We're really bouncing around and we're, we don't have a linear path. We have this patchwork, beautiful patchwork of um, different experiences that we gain knowledge from and then move on. Um, Elizabeth Gilbert, who's one of my absolute favorite teachers um she has a talk it's not a ted talk i think it's called a soul talk uh called the flight of the hummingbird a curiosity driven life and she talks about how just like hummingbirds um those of us who are being led by our curiosity from you know one industry to the next using our skills in different ways and picking up these different um, experiences, we cross-pollinate and we bring what we have learned along with us on that journey um, and, and we weave in and out of a, kind of a different way of making a career path and that that's, that's beautiful. Um, I encourage anyone who is sort of in the midst of trying to figure out their life. <laughs> I feel like maybe we all are in the midst of that all the time. But to to watch that uh, talk because it is a gorgeous uh, metaphor and discussion of um, the value in um, navigating this really uncertain sort of curiosity-driven life and career path um, that is nonlinear. Mm. Yeah, that is, uh, I know, I love Elizabeth Gilbert and uh, her book, Big Magic, is also so inspiring. (laughs) And, uh, yeah, her humor around just ways to, uh, you know, um, deal with our fear and uh, continue to create and what it means to be creative. And uh, I think it really is true that how we, 
um, can become resilient and just adapt to changing conditions that it's not about textbook knowledge and these different things. It's like these other emotional intelligence skills and our ability to access creativity and to calm ourselves down and be mindful and all these things that yes. really are going to be important no matter what the future looks like. Um, yes. So I you love are, you talk about that. Yeah. Oh, sorry. I, I was just going to say to add to that, I, so I do some work with college students and, um, you know, a lot of times I see this immense anxiety around when I graduate, what is my first job going to be? And, and there's a lot of pressure for that to be the absolute most perfect job. And first of all, my opinion is there is no perfect job. Um, second of all, I think, you know, we have to, like you said, learn to access our intuition, peace and calm, and look at the opportunities that are there. And if we don't see an opportunity that we want to go after to create one and figure it out how to do that and be resourceful in that, but also learn how to gain growth and learning and, and value out of the, any opportunity that we're in, any job that we're in, any experience that we have. Um, how can we mine for those goodies and those, that value and those skills and that growth um, and so that we, we are, no matter what situation we're in, what job we ended up taking, um, g- gaining something really valuable and growing and gaining something that we can then use in the future. Um, and so, you know, when I work with young people, often one of the things that I work with them on is just trying to release that anxiety around the next decision as the most important decision of my life and giving a little bit of space for people to be able to kind of make decisions that maybe don't seem like, um, you know, the smartest or the best, but there's something really valuable there to be gained and being able to find that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that is good work where people can use their intuition along with their rational mind and just um, kind of relax a little bit. <laughs> um you know, and I know you are also so passionate about um, leading with integrity and people coming into greater alignment with their values. And curious if you'd like to say anything else about mm. why you feel that's so important. I just love that word, integrity. I think it it's such an important concept and another one of my favorite teachers, Brene Brown, who is a contemporary of Elizabeth Gilbert and um, I love watching them interact and the work that they do together. Um, She recently said, integrity is choosing courage over comfort. It's choosing what is right over what is fun, fast or easy. And it's choosing to practice your values rather than simply professing them. And I just think that, yeah, pause for a moment of profoundness. Um, I just think that is so profound and so true. And, you know, it's really what it is, is calling ourselves to, you know, it's so easy to look out and, and see what's happening in our in our world with our political leaders um, and point a finger and say, 
you know, they have no integrity. They're not living their values. They're not doing right. They're not. And, and, you know, often that's really true. And also for us to be able to hold a mirror up to ourselves and say, where am I not leading with my values? Where am I not upholding my commitments? Um, what can I do differently um, that has me living in greater integrity? And I think we all have, you know, the responsibility to be reflecting, you know, as we look at our outward world and sort of the chaos that we're seeing um, to, to, to reflect on, you know, what can we do differently and better? And um, I think it's the Dalai Lama who said, and I'm going to butcher this quote, <laughs> so I apologize, but um, to be aware of one single shortcoming within ourselves is more useful than to be aware of a thousand shortcomings in someone else. And I really think that we're all being called right now to, to do that, to look at ourselves and say, you know, how can we live lives with greater integrity and live values instead of just professing them? And if we can hold ourselves accountable to that, I think we'll naturally be holding our leaders more accountable to that. And, um, you know, I like to talk about the ripple effects of leadership and one leader who is living in integrity, accountable to their values, um, with humility and compassion and empathy can impact many, all who they encounter. And um, we all have that capacity in ourselves. So I really think that's the crux of a lot of the work that I do. And I think about this all the time and how to, to, to hold myself and be in more integrity and alignment with myself as well. I'm not <laughs> claiming to be perfect in any way. It's something that I work on um, mm. a lot and, and think about a lot. Mm. Right. I, I feel like the importance of finding our values and aligning our actions, our financial decisions, with that is really kind of this evolutionary edge right now of, of humanity because in the old paradigm that's kind of falling away, we were, um, you know, seen as consumers in this financial machine and commodities. Mm. And so in, in that position and that old story, you know, it wasn't important what our values were and we didn't need to come up with our own story about what is most important it was the bottom line was just financial and so people were driven by these you know um, financial status we see the emphasis on the uber wealthy and how the mainstream just glamorizes these um, Kardashians and and all these uh, (laughs) qualities which which are um, you know, kind of lacking the deeper values and uh, qualities which really contribute to a meaningful life. And so I feel like so many people in this society are empty and and feeling dissatisfied because no matter how much money they work, you know, make, it's, it's not enough. It's never enough. And so as we shift from becoming, you know, commodities and uh, consumers, 
that we're becoming co-creators and actually stakeholders, like more in the cooperative models of business where people do have a shared mutual interest. And uh, is there anything you'd like to say about all of that? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you said it beautifully. And also, you know, I do think there's a shift happening in this collective consciousness of people starting to wake up and saying, there has to be more to life than this. And and we've all been kind of on this rat race to achieve, like, the, the American dream and, you know, have the 2.5 kids or get the house in the suburbs. And that's just not what is happening anymore. You know, we're living in these er, cities, urban centers, really close together. Um, we have the sharing economy now. We're starting to really see the breakdown and the, this old way of being and doing and sort of what, what we have always held to be this ideal. Um, and a lot of people are starting to say, there has to be more to this. You know, what is the purpose? And I think, you know, when you talk about uncovering your own values, that's a lot of the work that, that I do with a, a friend and co-conspirator, we say Ali Armitage, who you also had on your show um, we do a lot of work with leaders on that. Just we have a package called or program called Personal Compass, and it's all about uncovering your values and your strengths and your purpose and why are you doing this so you can really lead from alignment and and so that you have more fulfillment and purpose in your life and you know that what you're doing comes from something and is meaningful and matters. And I think we all are looking for that and want that. Um, in a world where sometimes it can feel really cold. Um, we want more aliveness and more meaning and more purpose. Mm-hmm. Right, and, and more quality of connection. I feel like yes. our money has made us, you know, kind of anonymous, replaceable cogs in a wheel, and we're searching mm. for, like, that's why I call it a more intimate economy that I feel like we're coming into because people, humans are wired for that kind of connection and we want to know the deeper story of who someone is and what they value and then we can come into resonance and, and create more powerful collaborations with people. Oh, yes, I, I have to say that, you know, some of the the work that we do is these deep dive emotional intelligence seminars um, with a, an organization out in California called um, Possibilities. And um, that opportunity for people to kind of tear down those walls and connect and have greater connection in a closed space where you can really um, be vulnerable and open and the, the shift and energy and people's lives and what they're they feel capable and able to do after going through those intimate group experiences is is amazing and and we need more of that we need more opportunities like you said to intimately connect with each other um, and share and be vulnerable and real instead of the you know wearing the masks that we wear all the time showing up as the business person or the mom or the you know the investor or um, the expert, you know, um, getting to just be who we are and connect in that way is is so um, healing for us. Mm-hmm. Yes. 
So if people are interested in what you've been sharing today, um, let them know how to, uh, how to find out more and connect with you. Yeah, so um, I have a website. It's my name, katiegage.com. Um, I'm also starting a Facebook group, and I'm going to share, you know, um, musings on integrity and leadership, and I'll also be sharing the seminars that we put on, workshops that we do, some um, virtual ways to engage as well. Um, and that Facebook group is um, expansivist, so I'm sure you can share a link and when you publish this, but um, E-X-P-A-N-S-I-V-I-S-T. It's all about, um, you know, being actively living in a, an expansive mindset and way of being. Um, and so, yeah, you can visit me on the website. You can send me an email if you have questions. I'm happy to share some tools that I use to help people in negotiations um, and talking about money with clients and bosses and potential employers. My email is kg, so my initials, at katiegage.com. So really simple. Um, and just any questions or, or engagements, I'm happy to hear from people um, when doing these things. It's always great to know that someone heard and listened. So love to hear from anyone who is, is listening to the show. Great. And I really recommend listeners uh, reach out and take her up on that offer of getting um, that advice on better negotiations because I can tell you it is so effective to have some, um, some techniques, you know, that include greater emotional intelligence and just really take that stress and anxiety away because you're going to be talking to about money with people throughout the rest of your life. So you might as well <laughs> get comfortable with it. <laughs> That's so um, true. So far, so far we can't avoid it. Maybe one day we will. But <laughs> right, right. We are always going to need to exchange with one another in some form. So mm-hmm. um, yeah. let's see, what, what closing thoughts or things would you like to share in the last few minutes here? Oh my goodness. You know, I, sometimes I, um, you know, I get to talking about things like this and it's, it's, all of this is really hard work and, um, you know, it's a lifelong journey to grow in greater self-awareness and to develop greater emotional intelligence and to, you know, take care of yourself and give yourself more grace. And, and sometimes I forget to mention that, equally as important is to laugh at ourselves and just realize that, you know, um, and not take ourselves so seriously and not always, um, you know, be in the, the, the craziness of um, that development and growth. So I, my last thought is just if you can find a way to laugh at yourself today or laugh with a friend, um, that can be as beautiful and sometimes even more healing than anything else. Um, that you'll do. Mhm, mhm. Yes. Oh, I'm glad you brought in the humor. I, that is <laughs> so important, uh, and and the curiosity that you mentioned before, and just the mm-hmm. qualities of, you know, how how can we drop our thoughts about what's right and what should happen and you know the blame that you talked about that kind of trap that people get in and so I love that invitation to you know 
become storytellers and use that superpower that we all have as humans to um, create create the story of our life and then connect mm. with supportive, inspired people as as I've so enjoyed doing this show is like, oh, we're reweaving, a, a, actually weaving a new story of what's yes. valuable and where are we going as humanity and what is most important and how do we connect and contribute in meaningful ways and really have a quality of life that we all desire. Yeah, and instead of just seeking perfection, um, seeking to just grow and love ourselves and each other and laugh more, have some joy and aliveness. Mm-hmm. So in closing, I invite all the listeners to just uh, take a moment now for yourself and really tune in to what is um, maybe one conversation that you would like to have with someone that maybe you felt a little nervous about or maybe it has to do with money, but maybe there's something that you would like to take action on um, in this coming week and have the courage and the humor and the ability to get vulnerable and really, um, you know, maybe get some of these negotiation advice from from Katie before you go into it and really (laughs) be willing to become who you want to be in the conversation and just imagine uh, that the outcome will be better than you can possibly imagine. To hold that perspective has been so powerful for me. Um, So I so appreciate the wisdom you shared today with us, Katie, and um, to know that you're out there, you know, working with the youth and, and teaching at the university tomorrow and just the way that you are seeding so many uh, leaders with greater confidence and emotional intelligence and the skills necessary for this emergent uh, world that we are all part of. So... Thank you so much for your good work and for uh, sharing with us here today. It's been a uh, true joy. Thanks for listening. If you like what you heard, the biggest compliment you can give us is to subscribe to the show and rate and review our podcast at iTunes. Be sure to visit www.moneymorphosis.com. That's money dash M-O-R-P-H-O-S-I-S dot com to join the growing community of empowered women who are dedicated to creating the true wealth they deserve.